Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops with you. Glad to have you along this Friday afternoon. And per usual on Fridays, Ryan Stieg of the Mining Journal in studio with us. What's going on, Ryan? Not much. Uh, it's Friday. Got to enjoy the end of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Fridays are always a good day. Yep. <laughs> you can't really complain with Fridays. <laughs> You're happy about it because you get to come on here, yeah, talk a little sports. You can kick back the weekend. You know, um, Tomorrow, you know, I'm covering enemy football, but there's no insane pressure with deadlines. You mm-hmm. can just kind of ease into it. It's great. I tell you what, one more Friday until hockey is back, yep. at least at the collegiate level. NHL dropped the puck the other night, which we're going to get into. Plus, we've got the playoffs, as in Major League Baseball. NBA preseason got going today. They had games in India and Honolulu. Honolulu and where? Honolulu in, in India. Yeah. They had a game in India today. The Pacers beat the Kings 132-131. to The NBA announced that they are looking at starting an NBA-run and funded league in India, like a 12-team professional league run by the NBA as part of a joint effort with FIBA, and part of that was due to the uh, exhibition that they had earlier today as the King's owner is originally from India. Hmm. He wanted his team to be a part of it. Interesting. So now they're looking at expanding the game, and basketball wants to continue to grow its dominion outside of North America. I mean, I can see it. I mean, the NFL's going to London and Mexico City and all over the place. And didn't college football play that game in Australia a couple of years ago? Notre Dame played in Ireland before. Yeah, I, I think, think they're they doing, do next year. Yeah, too. they do next year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, whatever. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Hockey's been playing in China. Yeah, very true. <laughs> I tell you what, we've got all that and more to get to, but let's update Pickham. And last night, I tell you what, by all logic. You, John Michael Hofling, anybody else who picked the Rams, actually you two were the only two, should have been right. Mm. Did you watch football last night or you watching hockey, baseball? What did you end up watching? I was flipping all over the okay. place. So. Well, I tell you what, Michael texted me after the game because, you know, and he's a, he's a smart sports guy. He knows what he's talking about. He analyzes things well. I don't know that I've ever seen someone with worse predictions than Mike. You know, and he knows about sports. He's knowledgeable. I'm not saying that, but it's like he's completely snake bitten in the sense that nothing he ever picks seems like it goes right. Huh. And last night, Greg Zerline, one of the most reliable kickers in the NFL, misses a very makeable kick with 11 seconds left that should have given the Rams a road win in Seattle. And he texts me afterwards. And basically, we're just convinced that God doesn't want him to win our pickup. Uh, Greg the leg uh, <laughs> was on a peg leg. Let's put it that way. I mean, it was just uh, ugly night. Although I did love Seattle's jerseys. Those were cool. Like, I actually yeah. like those action green color rush jerseys. Yeah. I like color rush. I do. I do. I mean, I like it. Unless the jerseys are really bad. Because mm-hmm. there's usually a couple teams that come out and they're just like, this is the best you could do. <laughs> I mean, the Packers' color rush jerseys are white. Right. I mean, that that's it? Mm-hmm. No gold? You know, you're green and gold. Why do you have a white and white combination? It would look so ugly, but so fire at the same time if they did all gold jerseys. Gold helmet, shirts, pants. Yeah. That looks so sick. Yeah. It'd be ugly, but it'd be worth it. Ugh. I just... Why be boring? <laughs> have, you know, have some fun with it. If you're going to go color rush, at least go all out. Well, I tell you what, looking at the standings, I'm on top at 14-7. and seven. You, Ryan, along with Jake Durant, Tyree Smith are 12-9, and nine, and then Michael Hofling is 10-8. and 
and 11. So I got your Thursday pick uh, ahead of time because you come on Fridays. So the rest of your picks this week, you have Baltimore beating Pittsburgh, Green Bay winning at Dallas, Kansas City at home against Indianapolis. You have the Chiefs winning, and then San Fran holding serve at home over Cleveland. You feel good about those, or do you want to change it? Because now could be your last chance. I, I, I'm okay with all of them. I don't pick Cleveland, so <laughs> I, I so I'm content with that one. Is that just a general rule of life for you, or how does that come about? We started doing that when uh, Ryan Marine was host. Mm-hmm. Neither of us would pick Cleveland, so we just decided because we don't trust Cleveland. Because no. Cleveland is Cleveland, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, the Browns are awful and are consistently awful. So even if the Browns are decent. Which they're like, I don't know, halfway decent this mm-hmm. year. I still don't pick them because I don't trust them. I don't know what is up with San Francisco. Like, Cleveland's got talent. Their upside is better than San Fran's, but they're not consistent. I don't know what to make of San Fran. Like, I really don't. This team shouldn't be 4 0. They probably shouldn't even be 500, and yet here they are with the best record in the NFC. I know. Jimmy G, man. <laughs> The Kyle, the fighting Shanahan. As bad as Jimmy G looked in the preseason, how is he doing this? I don't know. It's just <laughs> there's always some team seems like every year that is good that you don't think should be good. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at the Bears. Yeah, last year. I mean, they came out of nowhere. Nobody thought the Bears would no. be a playoff team, and they are. And now they're not looking like a playoff team this year. And uh, that Mitch Trubisky draft looks even worse. I tell you what, earlier this year, because ESPN put out an article saying the teams that they projected to have the best chance of going from worst to first in their division, and the highest-rated team that ESPN had listed was Detroit at 25%. And I came on here and I said, I hope I don't get fired, but I just can't agree with the parent company here. There are three teams better than them in that division, and now all of a sudden they're not in first place anymore. But all of a sudden, they, they're they 2-1-1. and one. Their only loss coming in a game where they outplayed their quarterback, outplayed the reigning league MVP. Yeah. Weird. Weird thought. Yeah, no kidding. But uh, I, it's too bad the Lions are on a bye. Yeah. Because <laughs> I would have loved to see them try to bounce back from that game. I would like to learn more about this team. Like, I want to know more about them. I want to know more about San Francisco. I want to know more about Buffalo. Everyone else, I think I pretty much have a good idea where to gauge them at right now. There may be a few surprise teams in there, though. Like, Denver's 0-4, but they lose all their games the same way, basically. Like, they're in it until, like, the last three or so minutes of every game. Yeah, pretty much. I, <laughs> it's it's kind of sad. Uh, I feel like John Elway, as a GM, is a guy who will get you a Super Bowl and then will proceed to run the team into the ground. And, uh... I think he was living off that Super Bowl and uh, maybe needs to not go. Maybe he needs to, I don't know, leave Denver and find somewhere else. He will maybe leave on his own accord. That would be the only way that he could because they are never going to fire a legend like that, even though his job uh, performance, should we say, <laughs> might warrant it. Yeah, it, uh, I just don't get it. He's. I feel like, and I've joked about this on Twitter, I've said, John Elway wants himself to be the greatest Denver quarterback. And if it requires them to win a Super Bowl to have an outstanding quarterback, he won't do it because that will overshadow his own accomplishments in Denver. Like, nobody's going to remember Peyton Manning as a Bronco. They're always going to think of him as an Indianapolis Colt, or at least that's going to be the first image of Peyton that comes to mind. So he was okay with making a deal like that. Yeah, but, you know, Mm -hmm. 
It's like he needed to make a splash because he hadn't got that Super Bowl. Now that he has that Super Bowl, no, I'm not going to do it. He better not go get Gardner Minshew then in free agency when Nick Foles comes back in week 11. Oh, Gardner Minshew. I love Gardner Minshew. And uh, I don't know, just what a name. Can't wait to see where he ends up. I'm trying to think, like, Gardner Minshew either... It sounds like a rich kid at a comp- like at mm-hmm. a country club, like at Bushwood and Caddyshack. Like he'd be uh, he'd like Spalding. <laughs> that would be Gardner Minshew. That kind of a name. It sounds like a fancy law firm. Gardner yeah. Minshew and firm. Gardner Minshew and Partners LLC. Something like that. Yeah, the- these are like guys who represent hedge funds or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> I tell you what, I am on the Gardner Minshew bandwagon. Minshew mania. I tell you what. But NFL kicked off week five of action last night, and now we go into this weekend where I was talking about it yesterday. I know you'll appreciate it, you know, given your heritage, what have you. I hope that's the right word for somebody from Minnesota. Uh, But the state of Minnesota, I hope, just overwhelms New York this weekend with the Twins in the Bronx taking on the Yankees tonight, tomorrow. On the MLB Network. On the MLB. (laughs) How bad is that? I mean, this is like the marquee matchup of the MLB playoffs, and you stuck it on the MLB Network. Why? A network that only a certain amount of people actually have on mm-hmm. their television sets. I mean, what a stupid decision. <laughs> Twins and Yankees, they'll start the series tonight. By the way, tomorrow's game will be here on ESPN-UP. Tonight's won't because we've got Westwood Patriot football from Hancock. So the Twins and Yankees tonight, tomorrow, and then Sunday, the Vikings are in town, technically in New Jersey, East Rutherford, playing the Giants, which, by the way, Saquon Barkley has been officially ruled out for. Well, if Kirk Cousins is going to redeem himself, this would be the time this would to be, be it. Considering he had to apologize to Adam Thielen for, you know, sucking last week. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I, I they threw so much money at that guy mm-hmm. to get them to the Super Bowl. They were primed to make the Super Bowl last year. He didn't do it. Nope. And then this year, he's like so woefully inconsistent, it isn't even funny. I mean, like, I... It's normally I laugh mm-hmm. at that kind of thing, but it's just like you're getting paid so much and you're playing awful. Like, and before you'd make excuses that the your center's butt was wet <laughs> <laughs> and that you couldn't handle the football. Well, what's your excuse now? The weather's getting colder. It's like you don't have that excuse anymore. <laughs> I, I had forgotten about that, and I'm glad that you reminded me and brought it up. Maybe they need Garner Minshew. Yeah, would you take Garner Minshew right now over Cousins? I don't know if I'd go that far, but well, like you wouldn't really, because I want to see how far this Gardner Minshew thing can go. Like, uh, you know, remember when Jeremy Lin was hot and there everybody got on the Lin Sanity bandwagon, and mm-hmm. then he vanished. It's like I'm wondering how much longer Del Gardner Minshew vanishes. Hey, he just won an NBA Finals. Jeremy Lin did. Jeremy Lin is the reigning one of the reigning NBA champions. I was legit surprised he was still in the league last year. <laughs> <laughs> He is playing professionally overseas somewhere. I'm not, I don't remember where it was. I thought he was like in Greece or something. That might be a, yeah. He might be over in Europe playing professionally right now. Yeah, but, but I, yeah, it's like there's always. It seems like there's always some guy who shocks everybody in every league to start off and be like, "Wow, look at this guy coming out of nowhere!" And it lasts like five weeks, and then you're just like, "Oh." This is who. This is, in the words of Dennis Green, this guy is who we thought he was. <laughs> I tell you what, though, speaking of somebody who's playing really good football right now, is it too early to start saying Russell Wilson is a legit MVP candidate? Uh, I'd wait a little longer. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I think. I think if 
Seattle makes more of a run and becomes more of a looking like a playoff caliber team, I mm. think you can make that case. But I don't know. I've seen Seattle look good, and I've seen them look mediocre. So it's like I think you can't do that yet until Seattle starts to click consistently. I just wonder if they surrounded him with better weapons throughout his career than Tyler Lockett. Doug Baldwin being your best career wide receiver. Golden Tate, I think he had him for a little bit. I mean, I just wonder if they actually surrounded him with some pieces, what he might look like. I think there was that Super Bowl stretch where I think he had a couple decent weapons, but that was it, Mm -hmm. you know? But there was, like, no real star. I mean, he had Golden Tate for a stretch, Mm -hmm. but, that I mean, he had never had, like, a true straight-up wide-and-raid receiver. So I think think if they gave him a little more weapons, I think people would be more impressed with him. But, uh, you know, Seattle was known for their defense. He was, like, the forgotten piece, almost, of that those teams so now it's more his team now so he had an awesome defense then when he won a super bowl went to two straight super bowls and he's got an awesome defense now offensive line has been fine and chris carson is quietly a really good nfl running back yeah it's uh seattle's like trying to regroup Mm -hmm. and rebrand itself as more of an offensive team instead of a more defensive team which is you know probably how pete carroll wants it since he's terrible with his play calls (laughs) And, of course, then the Lions hired Daryl Bevel, so there you go. Well, now it's Brian Schottenheimer. Yeah, so there you go. So Brian Schottenheimer is the new offensive coordinator. He's essentially running the offense with Pete Carroll manning that strong is, defense. Here's a side note. How long has Brian Schottenheimer <laughs> been in the league? Because I feel like there's a guy who has bounced as an offensive coordinator all over the place and yet continues to get hired by people. I mean... It's the most frustrating thing for me in sports. It's like Brad Osmus got hired by the Angels, did an awful job, got fired, and he's already getting interviews from people. (laughs) It's like, how can you be so bad at your job? And people are thinking like, okay, the fifth time around, this guy's going to get it. (laughs) I think he's... I mean, mean, if, if I got fired after like five or six newspaper jobs Mm -hmm. do you think people would still look at me and be like this is the guy (laughs) this is the guy no no this is only it's only in coaching in sports where this is really tolerated well in brian schottenheimer's case he has the name he has a family name who has been living off that he has been hasn't he (laughs) osmus i don't know what it is but the mets are probably going to hire somebody like him Mm -hmm. i've seen a few names floated around for the mets which by the way you said on the show last week there's always one kind of surprise firing Mm -hmm. was that one kind of a surprise not necessarily that mickey calloway is gone because this is a general manager who didn't hire him Mm -hmm. and the bets weren't great during Mm -hmm. his two years there they had a really good honestly a great stretch Mm -hmm. but i think the timing of it surprised me a little bit it was it was uh that was the surprise to me and the thing is with osmus it's like i think he's more of a front office guy Mm -hmm. i think he'd be better suited as like an assistant gm or maybe a gm i I just don't think he has it as a manager and Mm -hmm. it's like i feel you some guys will come to that conclusion after a while, or teams will be like, you know, maybe we should get this guy in the front office. Or maybe there's a guy in the front office and be like, maybe he's better at managerial decisions than he is in actually making business decisions. And I think if he gets, like, in a front office, I think he's a better fit. I just don't think he's a good manager is what it is. There are some good names out there, though. If you're looking to fill your managerial vacancy, Raul Labanez is out there. Joe Girardi, obviously, is going to have a job here by next season. Isn't Osmus interviewing in San Diego now or something like that? He might be. San Fran, maybe? <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, who else is out there? Yeah, David Ross. Yeah. David Ross could be a good manager. I think he'd go to the Cubs. 
You got the whole sentiment. They don't get Girardi. You got the whole uh, sentimental value thing going Mm -hmm. there. Yeah. Um, Or you could go really off the wall and do what the Twins did and get Rocco Baldelli, (laughs) who's only slightly older than some of the players (laughs) on his roster. Rocco's the youngest manager in baseball right now, and he wins 101 games in his first season. Yeah. So maybe think outside the box or something like that. I don't know. Sometimes it pays off. Let's see. You've got, hey, Paul Mulder. He's still out there. What is he even doing? I don't think he's doing anything right now. Um, Alders out. I think the Twins are going to lose Derek Shelton as their bench coach. I think he's going to take the Pittsburgh job once their season ends. Okay, here's a side note for you. As a bench coach, Mm -hmm. what is the equivalent of what you do? I think, let's see, what would be the equivalent? Because Don Um, Zimmer did that for years, and all he did was sit there. He proved no purpose other than being Don Zimmer. I think it (laughs) is just to be the guy that fills in when the manager gets canned. When the manager gets tossed, it's always the bench coach. It's a weird job to have. But it's also a remarkably easy job. Yeah, you just sit there, you coach from the bench. Yeah, and you don't really even coach. You know, you got your manager and you got everybody else doing their position thing and you're just like, yeah, I did my part today. (laughs) Like you learn from the manager, you learn from the skipper and you're being groomed to take over a managerial job yourself. It's basically a paid internship. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I, I just don't get that. I mean, it's... There's a lot of coaches that you look at, like a football staff or a baseball staff, and you're like, do you really need this position? <laughs> do you really need a bench coach? And it's like, I mean, if that's the whole reason is in case somehow the manager gets canned, it's like you're throwing a bunch of money at a guy who just sits there. I mean, Don Zimmer used to bother me because I'm just like, look at this guy. This guy's like a lump just sitting on the bench. He doesn't serve a purpose. It's like because he was friends with Joe Torre is like, yeah, or like, and then you look at football staffs and you look at positions and on some D1 college staffs, like special assistant to the off- assistant offensive coordinator. It's like, did you like make up a job to give this guy something? It just, I, ugh. There's, a, there's my minor rant for the day. I just don't get it. If you ever see special assistant, then it means they totally made up that job. No matter what comes after it, if it ever says special assistant to blank, <laughs> they made that job specifically to give that person a job. <laughs> yes, and uh, probably diverted a good chunk of the money out of the budget to give that guy a job. It just, I don't know. It, if I mean, you got your bench coach or like... Or, and then you got, like, some case in hockey, your volunteer assistant yes. coach. It's like, well, what do you do? <laughs> At the NHL level, what do you do? <laughs> you volunteer your time, your expertise. It's your day job. <laughs> yeah. It's like, do you, like, work in the back on the Zamboni, and then during the games you, you know, stand around? Or, I don't know. It. I just, it, it, sports is weird. As much as I love sports, mm-hmm. you look at some things and you're just like, why is it this way? They're weird. <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Let's take our first time out. Good transition to hockey. I'm going to give Ryan my playoff predictions. He'll tell me why I'm wrong next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Glad to have you along this Friday afternoon. I promise we're going to get to some hockey. I shouldn't do that. I tease something, then we hold off on it for a little bit. But we were having this discussion, Ryan and I, before the break, looking at some of the positions of coaches 
coaching mm-hmm. staff jobs mm-hmm. and ones that sound made up, like they were specifically <laughs> made for somebody. I've got this. This is an actual media guide. Well, not a full guide. It's the chart uh, with the lineups that uh, broadcasters use. It's from uh, Vikings-Packers game a few years ago. And I'm looking at the coaching staffs on here and just looking at some of these jobs to see, is this real? Because let's see, you've got defensive assistant, okay, uh, assistant strength and conditioning, you know, maybe you have a few of those somewhere, and assistant defensive line. Those are a few of those I found on here now. Do, do you need an assistant coach for a defensive line coach? Oh, that here, d- assistant special teams. Do you need an assistant special teams coordinator? Is that, like, that stressful of a job that he needs to be like, oh, uh... I, I can't handle kickoff coverage. Can you do this? This is too much for me. I mean, you're, you're throwing money away to give people jobs that are just there. I mean, here. So I looked, did some research this one time. It was like a few weeks ago because I wanted to figure out what special assistant to the offensive coordinator was. And I, 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 was, I couldn't find anything. And I think the Kansas City Star, the newspaper there, decided to do like a profile of like the new coaches on the Chiefs staff. And one of them, you know, I don't know if this was just to fill space or what, but they decided to profile all these guys. And one of them was the special assistant to the offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. And they asked him, so what is your job? actually entail and he said i do as stuff as i am assigned (laughs) so it's basically an internship it's an internship where you're paid a lot of money to like go make copies (laughs) or like hey take a picture of this or something or i'm just looking at it i'm just like how are you useful And I, 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 it's like, and I'm not like a guy who looks at a budget and be like, okay, this is the bottom line kind of person. But you're just like, you're paying this guy that much money to make copies, get the coffee, you know? It's like, just get an intern if that's what you're going to do. I tell you what, I continued looking at this, and this, again, is from like 2016 or something. It was still Mike McCarthy's staff, so I don't know how much this has changed. Let's just stick with that defensive assistant one. Assistant to the defensive coordinator. Well, other jobs underneath that, their own specific jobs, linebacker coach, assistant linebacker coach, defensive quality control coach, defensive front assistant coach, defensive front head coach, secondary safeties, secondary cornerbacks, and offensive perimeter, oh, plus uh, assistant special teams. There we go. Green Bay is one of those two. So you you need an assistant. You have a secondary coach, and you need coaches <laughs> for each individual position in the secondary. It's like, you know, being a coach isn't easy, but do you need that many assistants I mean, as a, as a special teams coordinator, I mean, if you look at, like, Northern's roster, mm-hmm. they have position coaches, but they don't have assistant secondary to the quarterback <laughs> coach. It's like you don't need that. I love defensive front <laughs> assistant coach. What are you doing? <laughs> I mean, it's like... You don't need to assign two guys to every position group, do you? No, you don't. And it's like, can you imagine that guy going in to, like, take your parent to work day or like (laughs) inviting your parents to school and just be like hey my dad coaches the packers what do you do sir well i'm the assistant coach to the defensive front coordinator so what exactly do you do i stand there with a clipboard it's i mean what there's 
try to enlighten children on what you do for a living. Nobody's going to understand that. My dad is the assistant special teams yeah. quality control coach for the Green Bay <laughs> Packers. Packers. So again, Dad, what do you do? Uh, well, uh, I, I, when the special teams coach tells me to do something, that's what I do. So if he wants, you know, a large frappuccino, I make sure to go to Starbucks and go get him that. It's like, why? That's uh, probably what Matt Lafleur drinks too. That probably uh, is exactly what he drinks—a large frapp. He looks like a frapp guy. He probably has Aaron Rodgers choose his drink. <laughs> and then assign someone Aaron to tells him, it. Matt, you're going to drink this today. Yes. It's Frat Friday, Matt. Well, exactly, because, you know, Aaron has control. He gets to call his own plays. So Matt will, drink, Matt will drink what Aaron tells him to drink, and then maybe he'll get to have, like, a splash of, like, mocha or something in there. <laughs> I feel like anybody who has a beard like Matt LaFleur is a frap drinker. Like, Sean McVay kind of has that beard. I feel like he's totally a frap guy. I think Kingsbury could be. Uh-huh. Kingsbury's beard's not thick enough like the other two, but I think he, he could be a frap guy. I could see it. Frap Friday. Frap Friday. I'm a little surprised that Starbucks or Caribou hasn't like capitalized know, on that. this is free marketing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's... I, And then Bill Belichick's a black coffee guy. Oh, yeah. I, I Absolutely. Think, yeah. He probably looks at that and I'm like, what's sugar? <laughs> he loves it bitter. Yeah, straight bitter. Probably likes it cold. Cold black coffee. <laughs> He's not like a warm, not a warm, guy. Per- not a warm person's. I'm a cold-hearted man. I want my coffee cold and black. <laughs> we could do a whole show on which NFL coaches drink a certain we brand, could. brand we could. of coffee. We could, but, you know, we have other stuff to cover, I'm sure. I don't so. know who the pumpkin spice guy would be, though. Um, that is the one I do want to figure out before we go to That's high probably... Pumpkin Spice would be a guy who wouldn't want to admit he's a Pumpkin Spice guy, because it's football. Pumpkin Spice isn't like considered a football-caliber coffee drink. So I think this would be a guy who, you know, maybe gets a cold brew, you know? Mm-hmm. Not like... not black-hearted Bill Belichick kind of thing, but like a cold brew kind of coffee. But then, like, secretly, when he's off on his own, we'll order a pumpkin spice. Mike Tomlin. That could be someone. I could see it. Mike Tomlin could do it. Maybe Freddie Kitchens. Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll. I I feel like Pete Carroll's a tea kind of guy. Okay. I feel like he's a tea drinker. (laughs) Okay. Um, uh, Mike Zimmer's straight black. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, uh... Not as cold-hearted as uh, Bill Belichick is, but... Um, Andy Reid is definitely a French roast guy. French no roast? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Andy Reid is French roast. Okay. Um, what do you think? Matt Nagy. Is Matt Nagy a pumpkin spice guy? He's breakfast blend. Okay. Yep. Because Matt Nagy seems like the guy who would drink pumpkin spice because he's so he was so obsessed with his field goal kicking in the off season and couldn't let it go. So he'd be the kind of guy, oh, hey, it's pumpkin spice season. I can't get it, let it go. I need my pumpkin spice. That's what I'm thinking. Matt Patricia is a pumpkin spice guy. Okay. I can see that. Okay. Yeah. It just just the beard? or yeah, like, he's like a big, lovable, warm-looking kind of guy. Like, if I didn't know him, I would think that he was just like a warm, gentle guy. Maybe he is. Maybe he is. But he seems like he could be a pumpkin spice drinker. Drinks pumpkin spice, but obsessed with posture. Explain that last. <laughs> you got he'll he'll drink his pumpkin spice and then tell everybody that they need to sit up when they're talking to him. <laughs> It'd be like he goes to 
Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, wherever the coffee shop is, and the waitress or barista, I guess is what they call him, is says, you know, can I take your order? He's like, yeah, you want to stand up straight before I give you money? <laughs> yeah, that would that'd be a mad Patricia thing. Barista. Yeah, I tell you what. <laughs> We got off track, but hey. The NHL season dropped the puck the other night. Almost everybody's got one game under their belt. Chicago, Philadelphia are playing right now, a rare afternoon game in early October. Otherwise, I think everybody else has played at least one. Wasn't a good night for the Penguins last night. I was so excited for that one. And nobody except Evgeny Malkin looked like they wanted to be there. And kind of Brandon Tenev, who they grossly overpaid for. So I hope that's a wake-up call. Nonetheless, I still think Pittsburgh will be a playoff team because they always just seem to find a way in. Yeah. But I'm going to give you the teams that I predicted before the season started, like an hour before puck drop of the first game. I listed my eight teams from each conference who I think is going to make the playoffs. I'm going to revisit them come April. Okay. All right. So in the Eastern Conference, not in any particular order. I'm just going alphabetical here. I'm going Boston, Florida, New Jersey, the New York Rangers, Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, Toronto, and Washington. Okay. I don't see where you're going with New Jersey. I, no? I, I don't see it. I think that would be require a massive bounce back, and I don't think it's going to happen this year. I don't know. They got PK. They got Wayne Simmons. They got Taylor Hall. I think it'll be a next year kind of thing. All right. Yeah, I All just right. I think they're just a year away. Um, the Rangers, I feel like they're just an aging roster, mm-hmm. and they're, if, if they do, they'll limp along and get, like, the seventh seed or something like that. If they're aging, their best <clears> days are behind them, but I still think they'll be a playoff team. I don't know. I, I guess Florida's like that team that will get into the playoffs and will shock you because they'll mm-hmm. be like, hey, Florida still has a team, and it's not Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just, I don't know. I I just don't see it, at least not this year. I don't have Carolina going in there. I just think it was too much of what they did last year. I think year. they're going to get in. Think so? I think just, I don't know if it's going to be as magical, but I think they'll get in just on the, we want to build on this kind of a thing. And it hurt for me to leave out, like I'm a Penguins fan, it hurt for me to leave out the Islanders because I think they have a really good team and it wouldn't surprise me if they are a playoff team. I think they ske- I think they squeak their way in, okay. but they get bounced in the first round. Otherwise, though, there are some locks like Boston. Washington. Washington's a lock. Toronto, I think, will be back there, even though their defense isn't great. Uh, the Penn State philosophy. The Penn State philosophy. <laughs> Tampa Bay and then Pittsburgh, I have all going to the mm-hmm. playoffs in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Over the West, these are my teams in alphabetical order. Arizona, Colorado, Dallas, Nashville, San Jose, St. Louis, Winnipeg, and Vegas. Arizona's, you know, not been a playoff team for about seven years now. Eight years, I think, this year. <laughs> what? Weren't they, weren't they in it like, I thought they were in it like a couple of years ago. I don't think so. Okay, okay. I don't think so. Okay. But, but either way, I think they've got something special they're building there in Adenfield Kessel to regenerate that offense. Is it just because you have a Coyotes jersey? No. But I'm going to wear that a lot more often if they make it. Okay. Rick Tockett's doing a good job down there as a head coach. I think they're building something special there between Ekman Larson, Kessel, I think they'll be okay. And then Winnipeg, I don't know about it. Um, that's probably the team I'm least confident in picking to go to the playoffs in either conference. I think um, I think Winnipeg is not a lock, but I would say they're probably a sixth seed. I felt a lot more confident in them the last year, and they completely bottomed out in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think they get in this year. This is kind of like their last. You know, teams usually go through, unless they have, like, massive star power, you know, how Pittsburgh and Washington have been in it every year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's... You got like a two, three year window 
to actually win a Stanley Cup, and mm-hmm. I think this is like Winnipeg's last gasp kind it, of thing. Yeah, and they need Dustin Bufflin. Whatever's going on with him, they yeah. need him back. And this is Vegas's last gasp. Yes, I think it is. So. <laughs> yeah, they could do it, though. I feel a lot more confident in Vegas not just making the playoffs, but making a run to the Cup Final rather than Winnipeg. Okay. Um, I don't know. I, I, I feel... Vegas had that magic, mm. then they lost that magic, and now that magic is like kind of limb. It's like, how's it? It's like the glitz and glamour mm-hmm. of like the casinos in like the fifties and sixties when everybody wanted to go to Vegas. That mm. was their first year, and then it was like all the casinos are getting torn down and they're all bankrupt. It's like Vegas turned into Atlantic City basically their bit. second year, and then this year it's like, hey, there's still a lot. Of, hey, Circus Circus is there. Celine Dion's there, you know, there's stuff. <laughs> Pay attention to us kind of a thing. I tell you what, Vegas, I think, will have a shot at going to the cup final from the Western Conference. I don't know that they're my favorite. I think Dallas, I'm pretty confident in them this year. I think they're going to have a good year. I think St. Louis will have a good year. And then the dark horses, I think Nashville's got an outside shot and making it from the West. I do like San Jose, though. I think this could be a good year for them. Yeah, I... Uh... <sighs> Joe Thornton, still around. Still around. Uh, still productive. That beard, man. Mm-hmm. God. Just, <clears throat> there's there's guys who can grow beards mm-hmm. that are just truly impressive. Yeah. It's like, <clears throat> I tried to grow a beard once, and like, after what, like two, three weeks, it just didn't look good. Yeah. So I eventually stopped trying to grow a beard. I'll, I'll let it grow out a little bit, usually in the winter, but it's like, it, it just doesn't work. And Joe Thornton makes it work. Joe Thornton, Brett, Brett Burns. They've got some good beards on that team. Yeah. Um, the Civil War group, as I like <laughs> to call them. I tell you what, the team that I I don't know if I regret leaving them out in the West, but it makes me think is Calgary. The Flames? The Flames. Because uh, I know they won their division last year, but that they don't. I, I just. I don't they don't. Ins- they don't inspire confidence. No. And uh, there's some people who are thinking, well, maybe the Wild have an outside chance. And I'm like, as a Minnesotan, yeah. I don't believe. <laughs> I've become more of a realist, mm-hmm. um, where like I know my team will fail me ultimately. So it's like if they don't, it's like a pleasant surprise. <laughs> it's really it's an interesting way to go through it's life. Pessimistic. Yeah, but it's like you enjoy it more. You know, if you're optimistic all the time and your team completely falls flat, it kind of deflates you. But if you're a realist and you realize, you know, this team will collapse in the fourth quarter, and it does, you'll just be like, see, I was right. There you go. That's dark, Ryan. That's <laughs> depressing, man. This is the weekend. Hey. Everybody needs a dose of realism. I mean, <laughs> I mean, look at it. I mean, do you think Lions fans went into that Chiefs game and the after the Lions scored and be like, "Yeah, they're gonna do it. They're gonna pull this off." No, there's that little voice in the back of their mind. They're like, "This isn't gonna happen." And it's like, it's disappointing, but it's like <clears throat> when you're used to your favorite team underachieving and not getting the job done you just are kind of like you're waiting for them to fail and it's just like when minnesota has a field goal in the playoffs you know it's going to go wide <laughs> i mean i just you know what I'm, I'm just expecting every kicker to put a blair walsh did you see dubnik save last night i did it was a pretty magical save if you only saw that and didn't see the score you would feel like the wild have like the best goalie in the league but it's going to be another year where they will be as good as devin dubnik is and he's not consistent enough to be good no i was watching the first period and and i watched part of the second where they didn't review nashville's first goal which blew my mind because it was clearly 
questionable and should have at the very minimum been reviewed, and they did it. And Dubnik's like raising his hands, like, "What is that about?" Um, but and then I saw him make there was the save, and then. Minnesota took a 2-1 lead, and Pecorini didn't look that sharp either. No. Yeah. Is, is Pekka, like, in the last part of his career, you think? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's just a little bit behind Lundquist right now. Like, And by that, I mean Lundquist is going to reach the end of his career first, then Pekka. Yeah, because it's like Pekka used to be, like, the flashiest guy in the league just making acrobatic saves. Mm-hmm. And now it's like there was one goal of Minnesota that went by him, and I'm like, how did you not get that? It's like... I mean, you don't want to sit there and be an analyst and be like, geez, I could have made that save. Mm-hmm. But there are some saves that goalies, like, let in. You're just like, really, dude, just stick your leg out. <laughs> it's like, I mean, what was that? You know, it's just, I don't know. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. We owe you another mm-hmm. timeout. When we come back, we'll talk about Northern Michigan getting the preseason going tomorrow. Plus, Major League Baseball postseason underway next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Glad you're along this Friday afternoon. Here's your Sports Center update. Purdue quarterback Elijah Sindelar will miss the next six to eight weeks after undergoing clavicle surgery this week. The St. Louis Blues have extended the contract of Braden Shen to the tune of $52 million over the course of eight years. And finally, the New Orleans Pelicans have listed Zion Williamson's official height at six foot six, one inch shorter than his official height at Duke. Huh. <laughs> you know, I feel like height is one of those things that... It depends on where you are, mm-hmm. and it depends on who's doing the measuring, you know, because when I was a kid, I was told I, you know, hovered, like, around six feet. I had one guy say I was 5'11", I had one guy measure doctor said I was six feet, and I had one guy say I was five and eleven and a half. And it's like I it's like there was no specific definition on who so it's like I feel like unless you get like some guy like with like a digital measurement that's hanging over you, like what they do in like a lab <laughs> you're not gonna get a truly accurate thing. I, I round up and say I'm six feet because it sounds cooler that way. Yeah. But like you know, I don't know if I actually am because that's what doctors have told me I am. So there you go. I tell you what, it could just be the fact that Duke is not honest about their heights they list, which wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> Duke, Duke doing Duke things, yeah, basically. Yeah, Duke being dishonest, being a little shady when it comes to basketball. I'm shocked. I'm shocked that any college basketball team would do that. Yeah. Not just Duke, not specific to Duke. But I tell you what, speaking of college... Let's go to hockey. Northern Michigan starting the preseason tomorrow night when they head down to Plymouth to take on the U.S. National Development Team. Hockey's finally back, Ryan. I tell you what, Sparty's going to be here next week. It's just good to get them back out of the ice. I know they left today. It's going to be a good test for them early on. It's going to be something that they're going to see a lot of bugs exposed because these are good 17, 18-year-old kids from all over the country they are going to play down there. They're a... As I said uh, on the air at Fox Sports Marquette yesterday, this is a team you don't want to mess with. Um, Grant even said, this is a team that will beat you if you're off your game. Now, a lot of coaches, when they go into an exhibition game, kind of want to play a team that kind of, okay, it's an easy win to start the year. This is different. Grant wants his team, well, he made a promise, as we you know talked yeah. about before, but like this would be something, if you want to see a more accurate view of where your team is at play a team like the under 18 team because Mm -hmm. 
these are the best like high school teenagers in the country are on one team and there's eight first round draft picks on this team there's not a team in the country other than them that isn't eight first round draft picks it's insane this team last year beat how many division one hockey programs Mm -hmm. they've beaten the gophers as grant told us that tale um they've beaten duluth before they've beaten notre dame they've beaten st cloud they've beaten a lot of quality programs and NMU's going to get a test tomorrow night, and if you and if Grant wants to see where his team is at, this is a good picture of where it's going to be. So what are we looking for out here? What can Northern fans take away from this? I think you can take away... You can. You have to keep in mind it is an exhibition game. It doesn't count in the standings. Doesn't affect in the pairwise. So you don't want. So you can just look at it and be like, what in the mindset is okay. It was an exhibition game. Let's move on from that. But also look at is okay. How's your goaltending look? Mm-hmm. You know, both goalies are going to play. Um, no one's got the edge right now because he played all of thirteen minutes <laughs> last season. Um, but he's, you know. Who's going to be the starter? Grant even told me, he said, I'm prepared to go through the first few weeks and not have a number one guy. And you might see next week, you might see Nolan playing Friday and John on Saturday or vice versa, you know? So it's, I would say look at that first because if NMU gets shelled, I mean, keep in mind it's an exhibition game, but that's not a positive look. No. If NMU gives up bad goals... Like at the defense, which is going to be very young yep. this year, if they give up bad goals, that's something to keep in mind. Now, if they pour in a lot of offense, the offense, I think, is pretty stable. I mm-hmm. think they're going to be okay. Yeah, they lost Loggins, they lost Rockwood, which hurts, but there's enough weapons there that they could be successful, and there's a lot of good young talent. You're the beat writer for this squad. What are you most interested in seeing? Who's going to be the new goalie who replaces Ate, or how this young core of defense looks? They're both kind of intriguing. I'm more so probably goaltenders mm-hmm. because since I've been here, Northern's always had a number one guy. They've had, you know, it was Matthias Dahlstrom when I got here. Then it became Dahlstrom and Tolvanen simply because Dahlstrom was battling injuries and you're wondering how sharp he's be. So it was like a one in one A. Then there was, you know, then it was Tolvanen and Israelson. It was a one in one A before Tolvanen emerged. Here it's like it's a complete toss up this year. And Northern does not have have a straight up one it's uh i don't even what this is it's like a (laughs) two two kind of a thing you know a 1.5 1.5 you don't know who's gonna be it and uh that's what intrigues me the most i don't think it's gonna be settled after saturday i don't even think it's gonna be settled after next weekend i think it's probably gonna be settled i want to say by the end of the month or probably the first week in first week in november because just because a guy has a bad game doesn't mean he's going to continue that. Or just because a guy has a good game doesn't mean he's going to keep going. You, he want, Grant wants to have as much look. He wants to have as close and an in-depth a look as his goalies as he can before he picks a starter. Well, I know that might make a lot of Northern fans less optimistic, maybe being a little pessimistic, because like the old saying with quarterbacks, if you have two, you don't have any. You can say the same thing with goalie. But you remember a couple of years ago, and I followed this because you know it involved Notre Dame, the year that Cale Morris won the Richter Award. He was getting the Friday night game. Dylan St. Cyr would start on Saturday. Morris finally emerged and went on to be the best goalie in college hockey that year. Yeah, it's... 
I mean, I've seen the Gophers do that in the past. Uh, North Dakota's done that in the past, uh, at least for the first half of the year, um, before some guy emerges. Sometimes it takes just a couple weeks. Sometimes it takes up till Christmas. It's like, if if they're both playing equally, mm-hmm. and they're equally good, you're going to have a hard time choosing one. You need some guy to kind of play a little better, and uh, sometimes it can take a while. Uh, UND had, uh, it was... Um, it was Zane McIntyre and Cam Johnson and, mm-hmm. and Clark Saunders up until January before they finally settled on McIntyre. You go to, um, you know, when I was with the Gophers, had Kellen Briggs and Jeff Frazee, and they went back and forth. One would play Friday, one would play Saturday. It wasn't until Briggs it only got, it took until February for Kellen Briggs to actually truly become the number one guy. So I would say. Northern will probably not know who its number one guy is, I would say, till probably November, unless one of them plays, like, out of his mind in the first, in the first like, couple series. I don't see that happening, but, like, if no one, like, pitches, like, back-to-back shutouts or something, or John Hawthorne plays out of his mind, maybe you'd see some, but it's probably not going to happen until at least November. Real quickly, let's get to some baseball before we get to the Friday Funnies. Twins, Yankees this evening, and then later tonight we'll have the Dodgers and Nationals here on ESPN-UP. Uh, the Twins are going to start Jose Barrios in this game. He cannot be much worse than Irvin Santana in the 2017 wildcard matchup. Yankees are going with James Paxton. I don't know about you, but I think that's good news for Minnesota. I do too. I think advantage Twins. I uh, This... This might be the first time that I've actually thinking the Twins have a legit chance of beating the Yankees because mm-hmm. the Yankees have been their nemesis in the playoffs. Minnesota will win a division, feel really good, and then they'll get bounced by the Yankees in the first round. This mm-hmm. is like the first time in a while where I actually think that they could do it. And um, the great thing is they avoided the dreaded wildcard elimination game. Yeah. You have enough games where you can... If you have a bad game one, you can bounce back and make up for it. I mean, look what happened to Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Looking looked like a secure lead, completely bottomed out in the eighth inning, and now their season's over after such a magical run. Yep. Now the Twins, I think, you picking them to win it? I don't know. They have to. They have to at least split in New York. They've got to take one of these first two. Yeah. I think they can win it. I, I really do. I'm optimistic, but I'm not going to place a bet on them by any stretch. Hmm. You know what? I'll go on it. I think they yeah? win. Yeah? All right. All right. I like it. See, yeah. you're optimistic. You're not a pessimist all the way. I'm, I'm a pessimist when it comes to the Vikings. Because <laughs> they, they're notorious for falling apart. So, yeah. I tell you what, Twins-Yankees is going to be a fun series. By the way, I was heartbroken. Williams Ostadio didn't make the playoff roster. Aw. Isn't that sad? I love that guy. And a, and a great name. Lost a deal. Yeah, exactly. La Tortuga. Let's take our last time out. Friday Funnies next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. If you missed any of today's show, check it out on demand. Get our free mobile app from the Apple App Store, Google Play, or look up ESPNUP.com. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Patriot football this evening from Hancock. Pre-game at 6.40, kickoff at 7. And after that, we'll join the Nationals in progress here on ESPN-UP. We end every Friday show with the Friday Funnies. Ryan, what do you have for us? Uh, well, Ronald Acuna Jr. Mm. Um, the Cardinals got testy. Mm-hmm. What? I don't get it with baseball. Unwritten I just don't. rules. The unwritten rules. 
and not showing me respect. Well, the Cardinals didn't like the fact that he was running on his home run. He was running the bases too slowly. Mm. What is defined as too? What is defined as too slowly? It's like is there a clock on there that you know you have to reach a certain speed? Well, pitcher Carlos Martinez says he wasn't playing the right way. I felt disrespected. Okay, first of all, Carlos Martinez is a diva mm. who already acts up. So for him to say I'm offended, then you know, shut up. <laughs> it's like you're the same way. Um, and then, but. It's just the Cardinals being the Cardinals. It's the whole best fans in baseball stuff. And, uh, boy, if you want a good thing to follow on Twitter, follow the best fans in baseball feed. Mm. It's just, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> if you want to make fun of Cardinals fans, it's a beautiful thing. Um, well, Ronald Acuna Jr. wasn't making any friends on either team last night. No, he wasn't. His own team gets mad at him no, the, he really was going too slowly on a ball he, that he, he would, thought was yeah, going to the yard. He definitely hurt his team. But that one, it's like... It's like, get over yourself. And it's like, pitch better. Exactly. <laughs> don't throw the ball over the heart of the plate. Uh, yeah, it's like, if you don't want people to run slow, it's like you hung a ball right over the middle and mm. he like, took your yard on it. Then play better. Um, this seems to happen to teams to the Braves or like just like teams that are good but fail in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Chris Martin injured himself during his warm-up pitches, mm-hmm. brings in Luke Jackson, two pitches in, gives up a yard. <laughs> the guy goes yard on him. I feel like, is this going to be the story of the Braves? Uh, a lot of the bullpen relievers they picked up at the deadline are very home run prone. In fact, when you said Chris Martin, I thought home run immediately, but Luke Jackson was actually the one who gave yeah. it up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, guy hurts himself during his warm-up pitches, mm-hmm. not throwing, not hurting during a strikeout, you know, blows something out during a warm-up pitch, brings in a guy, give, throws two pitches, and the Cardinals go yard on him. So, is this a sign? I worry this is how the Braves are going to have to happen. Something's gonna ha- something bad is going to happen, and it's just going to get worse. Mm. So, um, not necessarily funny, but more like a... <laughs> more like a Dark humor. Like a... What's up with that kind of a thing? Uh, Ray's sideline reporter, Trisha Whitaker, got doused with Budweiser. Oh, no. Did you see that clip? No. Oh, she's... Being a sideline reporter or being a postgame reporter is not easy, but a lot of times you have to go... I mean, how many times do you see them getting doused with Gatorade or, like, a guy will get whipped cream in the face and he'll get on the reporter? Well, she's interviewing the Rays after their victory, and they literally dump beer on her head. So this isn't champagne. You're reeking of beer. And it's just like, I can't imagine that felt good. I mean, and, and it's it's Budweiser, which, by the way, great product placement there, MLB. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the cans are completely visible, really visible. This is Budweiser. So, um, yeah, I just was like, oh, to reek of Budweiser oh, coming out of that. It's like, beer is good. Sure. Beer, yeah, there's good beer out there. But to sit there and walk out of a locker room Everyone reeking of it. In it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh. I mean, it's just, if it was champagne, it could be like, hey, we celebrated. But no, I reek of cheap beer. That's <laughs> what this says. It's like, um, and then let's see what we got here. I got a couple more. Um, now, at first, this is a guy who was scamming people at the Dolphins game. Mm. But uh, at first, I thought this was just a hilarious strength. So a beer vendor is skimming. Charged a guy $724 for two beers at a Dolphins game. Mm. 
right. He looks in his phone. The guy on his it popped up on his phone. His bank said, "This is a weird charge." You know, you get those sometimes. Mm-hmm. Somebody's hacking with your account. Turns out the guy was using his own personal card reader instead of the ones that they give him at the stadium. Oh, no. So he charged the guy seven hundred and twenty-four dollars for two beers. Not only did it look bad, simply that it was at a Dolphins game. <laughs> Nobody should be charged that much money for anything at a Dolphins game this year. That beer sells well there. Yeah. Alcohol products are probably pretty popular at Dolphins games this year. And But how long will that last? The crowds are dwindling, That's man. That's true. <laughs> That's true. They're going to have to make beer cheap. And, and 720, yeah, $724 ain't going to cut it. Okay? <laughs> if you're going to charge... if I mean, yeah, this is a scam this guy was running. But if somebody's going to charge me $724 for two beers, this better be like something like... Aged from like the days of yore, from like German kegs. God or himself better brewed it. Yeah, this is like nectar from the gods, <laughs> kind of a thing, you know. If you're going to charge me that much, uh, we'll close it out uh, with uh, Julian Edelman mm. and uh, got a view of Bill Belichick he probably never wanted to see. <laughs> you heard about this? <laughs> so Julian Edelman um, is late at the Patriots thing. He's telling this is like his what third or fourth year at the team, mm-hmm. and he said, "I'm late coming out of the uh, out of the t- at the team office. It's about 11 p.m. and Belichick is still there." And so I, he was like, I don't really want to talk to him. So I'm going to try to, like, go away and maybe come back and do my hot tub. He comes back. Belichick is in the hot tub. Oh, no. He comes into the room, and Belichick sees them, gets out of the tub, and public decorum with the Patriots says that you should wear a swimsuit oh, no. or athletic shorts. Um, Bill decided to just... Go flow with the wind, kind of a thing. Um, his oh, is this okay? Like twigs and berries? You want to go oh, with that? No. <laughs> we'll go with that. It just—it was so. He got a great view of something he didn't want to see, and is that really the legacy that you want to have of working with a Hall of Fame head coach? What are you going to remember most? Are you going to remember the Super Bowls? No, there was that incident my fourth year. <laughs> I remember walking in on my boss naked hot tub. Naked in a hot tub. Oh. And not just like where he's covered in the hot tub. No, he got up to greet me <laughs> and say hello. That was the image that I got. So it's like, so yeah, we'll close that out. And probably not a great image you want to go into your weekend with, but just think about that. I feel like you're always going to have some embarrassing story you're going to have in your career. So there's Julian Edelman's. Thank you for that, Ryan. I needed that. I needed a picture. Edelman walking in on Belichick's figs and grapes or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You can, yeah. But, you know, it's like, that seems like a Bill Belichick thing, too. And then the funny thing is, is he said, after they're walking out, and uh, Julian goes, wow, Bill, I'm, uh, I'm impressed that you're still here. And Bill goes, well, it beats being a plumber. It uh, beats being a plumber. <laughs> okay. That's what he said. I suppose I suppose being a millionaire head coach is better than being a plumber but okay so that's belichick for you i tell you what summed up in two moments <laughs> in addition it. to the black coffee we belichick, his black coffee and his naked hot tubbing it, isn't that great 
What a guy. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. On that note, let's call it a weekend. We're going to replay our coaches show in case you missed it earlier. Patriot football kicking off tonight at 7 from Hancock, and then we'll join the Dodgers, Nationals, and Progress. What's coming out in the column this week, though, Ryan? I will be uh, – it's my kind of my Red Wings preview. Mm. Um, uh, I was kind of figuring out what I was going to run, and uh, I – keep getting Red Wings stuff in my email and you got Hockeyville and my boss sent me an email. Here's the odds on what the Red Wings are going to make the if the, their odds are so bad yeah, to win the cup this know. year. And I'm just like, well, I, I feel like I'm being like, you need to write your Red Wings column this week. And they play their first game. Is, isn't it tonight? I believe it is. Yeah, so, you know, it's appropriate. So, yeah, my Red Wings preview column is on Saturday, on Saturday. Be on the lookout for that in the Mining Journal. We'll talk at you tonight from Hancock. For Ryan Stieg, I'm Tanner Hoops. Thanks for listening to ESPN-UPWZAM. Ishpeming Marquette.